Welcome to the Restoration Church weekly podcast. Please take a minute to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And be sure to download the Church Center app. This is the best way to stay connected and up to date with all that's happening at Restoration Church. Most importantly, we hope the following message will help draw you closer to Christ. Thanks for listening. Hey, we've been in the series called 10 Years In, 10 Years Out, and one of the things we wanted to do throughout the series was discuss how God has shaped people over the last 10 years, how God has used this place to impact and to inspire and to grieve alongside people as they go through hard things as well. I'm going to invite um, one of our elders, Paul Hansen, forward. He's going to share his story of impact and then we're going to continue on with our time of worship together. So please invite and welcome Paul. Well, good morning. As Ross said, my name is Paul Hansen, and my restoration story, but it began uh, many years before I came here. I grew up just down the street from the church in Magnolia Hill section of Levittown. My late wife, Jackie, and I met in 1975 in our senior year in high school. Yes, we were high school sweethearts, fell in love, married, and we're very blessed in our life to have three adult children, a beautiful um, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, and three beautiful granddaughters. I had worked for the Wonder Bread Baking Company for 31 years. Jackie stayed home when our children were young and later in life worked as an office manager for a small drilling company. We started farming as a hobby and turned it into a full-time farming business. Farming became a big part of our life, and we were working, we were looking for a place to farm in 1993. And God led us to a beautiful piece of property in Lower Makefield. At the time, only Jackie and I could see the beauty and possibilities of the property. It was pretty rough. So we had three and a half acres, a 12, nine, and six-year-old, a dog, soon to be two dogs, and a lot of hope. God blessed us to find this um, property, so we named it Promised Land Farm. It was clearly our promised land. We farmed on one acre, and we started selling our produce to restaurants and shifted to selling at farm markets in the early 2000s. That's Jackie and I at the farm market probably... 2018, I would guess that picture might be. Jack and I always considered ourselves blessed. We had challenges and issues like any couple with children. Jackie had a number of health issues, including cancer and kidney disease, which eventually led to her having a kidney transplant in 2014. But in spite of that, we never thought we were really challenged in our faith. In the book of Matthew, Chapter 7, verses 24, 27, Jesus says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into place is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain comes down, the streams rose, and the winds blow and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But anyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice 
is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. For many years, we were building our foundation, and I'm still adding to that foundation daily. For one thing is certain, in all our lives, there will be storms. We had always been very active in our local Methodist church, and in early 2019, we decided to leave the church over differences with the denomination. My son, Eric, and his wife, Katie, have been attending restoration from its early years. So we came and tried the church out. We, we could feel the energy of the Holy Spirit in this place. Pastor Ross's Bible-based sermons, the impressive Sunday school, treehouse group, and all the very active programs that were going on here. Our first fall, we were introduced to the Be Rich program. We were very glad to get involved because that's what we believed what we should do as Christians. We joined Pat and Fran Kane's house group. We met Linda and Dave Penny there and a few other nice people. They were all very welcoming and kind to us. It was a hard year, everyone remembers, 2020. I know the church did its best it could to have services online and then outside. COVID made it hard on us at the farm, doing all our major spring planning without our family to help, and then changes in our farm market, how that would be run. It was a hard year, both missing our regular church and the heavy workload, but we decided to keep farming the next year. So on Tuesday, July 13th, 2021, I was working in the hot sun, and I believe God put in my mind clear as day that it was time to retire. We had worked hard enough. I told Jackie when she came home from work that we would retire from farming after we finished out the year. You never saw a happier person in your life. I guess she was waiting for my cue. We, we had done farm markets for 20 years, and we were both 63 years old when we started in the spring of 2021. I was working full-time on the farm. Jackie had a full-time job and working part-time with me in the evenings and weekends. So we were both excited about not being tied to the market for 30 straight Saturdays, May through November. We could relax. We could go on trips. We could do things normal people do. I clearly remember, and kind of sitting back there where we used to sit, the next Sunday, uh, sitting in church with Jackie, her telling me she was looking forward to helping in VBS next year when we wouldn't be busy farming. A week later, we went down to Jefferson University Hospital in Philadelphia for a routine stress test for Jackie. On the way to the hospital, we talked about finishing out the year and talked about stopping for uh, dinner, uh, lunch on the way home. So on Tuesday, July 20th, 2021, Jackie went in at 10 a.m. for her test. That was the last time I saw Jackie alive in this world. She unexpectedly passed away during the test. We found out that she was much 
sicker with heart disease than any of us knew, including herself. And like I'm doing now, I cried out to Jesus how much it hurts. It still hurts. Shortest verse in the Bible. John chapter 11, verse 35. Two words. Easy if you have to memorize scripture. Jesus wept. I know for sure Jesus was crying and hurting like all of us that love Jackie. If there's anything that you get from my talk today, please listen to this. Jesus weeps with us. He doesn't want to see anything bad happen to us. He loves us and wants the best for us. God gave us free will and man decided to disobey him. So sin came into this world. So now we live in a broken world. Now we have pain, suffering, disappointment, and yes, even death of loved ones that we don't think deserve it. But God loves us so much, he had an out for us. He sent his son, Jesus, to suffer a cruel death on the cross, taking all our sins on him and making us right in God's eyes. Because one of the beautiful gifts that God gave us It's free will. It's our decision to either accept or reject that gift. God used Restoration Church to become my lifeboat and save me from drowning in my grief. He used many people in this church to care and love me. I want to give a special thanks to Pat and Fran Kane, Linda and Dave Penny, Brian Hughes, Jim Smolin, Wayne Yarnell, and Pastor and Emily and my family. Now, the church wasn't very old, and our pastor wasn't very old at the time of Jackie's passing. And I don't know how many funerals they had done in the past, but it was a beautiful funeral they did for Jackie. And uh, it was very comforting to my family and myself. So many of my brothers and sisters in Christ held me. They supported me, loved me. There's no magic words to change the situation. They let God work his love through them. God knows we're going to have things happen to us. I believe that's why we're in fellowship, to lean and even hold up each other when the unthinkable happens. I'm very thankful that God has allowed me to be involved in Restoration Church in my new life. I've been privileged to become an elder here. I go to and lead Bible studies. I go to the new short-term house groups. You might have seen me. I cut the grass whizzing around (laughs) if you're here. And I've expanded our community garden, which uh, was well-received this year. And I give, uh, the more I find I give, the more peace and love God seems to grant me. So to sum up what I talked about today, three things. Number one, build a strong foundation in God's word and his teachings. You will need it someday. Number two, know that Jesus weeps with us in our hard times. He only wants the best for us. He gives us an out from our sin problem. Use your free will to accept his love. And number three, 
We need to be in fellowship with each other. So be involved, not only for yourself, but for other people God wants you to impact in your life. Thank you, and God bless you all. Hey, we encourage you to take whatever posture you want to take this morning. We're going to spend... We're going we're gonna to include some scripture, and I'm going to talk a little bit too, but we're going to spend the rest of our time in worship this morning. I recognize that singing isn't everybody's favorite activity, especially corporately. And so you don't need to sing. Let the word speak to you. You know that in the early days of the church, they didn't have a scripture in front of them. They didn't gather like this. They didn't all face in the same direction and hear someone talk at them. Their theology was conveyed through song. They sang together. They learned about who God was and what God had accomplished on their behalf because of the songs they sang, the songs that were passed around. This is how they knew who God was. This is how they knew what God had done for them. This is how they knew of the hope and the love of God. And so I'd encourage you to take whatever posture you want. Eventually we're going to take communion together. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that more. But um, if you want to sit, if you want to stand, if you want to put your hands in the air, if you want to get on your knees, you're welcome to do whatever you want. Whatever you feel God is leading you to do. But I would encourage you to, uh, to let these words wash over you this morning. Today, November 5th, is my mom's birthday. And she passed away about two years ago. And I remember thinking in those moments that life is very, very dark. I know that you know, Paul can relate. We can all relate. And maybe you don't have a personal loss. Maybe you don't have an experience of personal loss. But we can look at the news. We can see what's going on in the Middle East, Ukraine. We can see what's going on in the world right now. And, and, it, and it feels like there is a shroud of darkness that is heavy upon the planet right now. And as I, as I think about my mom's birthday, you know, like it's personal to me because I, I've lost my mother. And on a day like her birthday, it's, it's, it's reflective, right? You go, you go in these reflective cycles. And I remember thinking when, her, when, her mom, when my mom um, passed away, um, I, I had read this somewhere. I can't remember where I read it, but um, mourning and grieving is like... You know, think about how the world works, the, the physical planet, right? The, the sun rises, the sun sets. We know that that's the world turning, right? But think about how we experience it, right? The sun rises, the sun sets. And in those times of grief, in those times of mourning, when the, dark, when the darkness feels heavy, we want to hold on to the sunset. We want to hold on to the light as long as we can. And so often we chase that sunset and we, we cling to remnants of light. But here's what is true. The, the darkness... The sunset is always going to outpace us. And if we if we stay in those seasons of mourning and, and we stay in those seasons of pain and we stay in those seasons of darkness, the darkness will overwhelm us. The darkness is always going to outpace us and we will feel embittered and we will feel alone and we will feel like this grieving is never going to end. And the irony of grieving is that it's only when we turn to face the pain. It's only when we turn to face the darkness. It's only when we turn to face the sadness and we sit in it that eventually we will feel the warmth of the sunrise again. And it doesn't happen the next day. I know that. I mean, I grieved and I still grieve for my mom. 
Paul said that it's only when we experience the suffering of Christ and we participate in the suffering of Christ that we will also experience and participate in the resurrection of Christ. We serve a God who loves us and in those moments of grief wants to be near us and with us and weep with us. So I encourage you to take whatever posture you want again this morning and continue to sing along with us as we reflect on the goodness of God amidst it all. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, chapter 2. We were dead in our transgressions and sins. That kind of sums up everything we've said so far. The world is a mess. The world is broken. The world is full of sin. The world is full of transgression. The world is full of sorrow and mourning and pain. And God saw this. And he recognized it and he knew it. It wasn't a surprise to him. And because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is a gift of grace that we have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming age we might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness in Jesus Christ. It is a gift of grace that we have been saved through faith. This isn't of our own doing. It is all by what he has accomplished. We have this opportunity to remember that in Christ, something new has begun. That God has taken all the old things and he has begun a process of making them new. I would invite you to come and receive communion. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you've experienced that newness, that hope, that restoration in you, I would encourage you, when you're ready, to come forward. There are stations up here in the front. Take the, take the bread that represents his, his broken body. Take the cup, which represents his spilled blood, and receive it this morning as a remembrance of what he has done. So that sorrow does not have to last forever. So that the joy in the morning that is promised might be experienced even now, that the darkness does not last forever. When you're ready, I would encourage you to come and receive communion. There's a story in the Old Testament, Second Chronicles, about how when the Israelites were up against the Moabites and the Edomites, uh, and they were waging war against them. And here's what we are told. This is from King Jehoshaphat of, of the Israelites. We have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. And maybe you feel that way sometimes. Maybe you feel like the enemy is bearing down on you. Maybe you feel like there is no hope that the circumstance in front of you is too big and too dark and it's too scary and you cannot face it. We have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. He continues, do not be afraid. This is the Lord speaking now. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army for the battle is not yours. The battle is God's. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem, they fell down and worshiped before the Lord. This is their response to what God is doing, right? God is coming to their rescue. And so here is the, here is the means by which they are waging war. And so I want you to think about this. When you are up against a circumstance that seems too large and too scary and too, too dark, when the pain feels overwhelming, here is, here is what they did. And here's what I want to encourage you to do as well. Some of the Levites from the Kohathites and the Korahites, these were the worship leaders. These were the, the choir conductors. They stood up 
And they praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And they said, Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. And so Jehoshaphat appointed men. He would have appointed women too, but this is an army, remember. They're at war, right? There were no women going to war, very few, if any. So this is the men, but this is an encouragement to all of us. He encouraged the men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And they went out ahead of the army and they said, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah. And they, their enemies, were defeated. They used song, friends, as the means of their weapon. I don't know what you're up against. I know that we all feel a darkness over the world. Let us sing into it. So that God's holiness, God's faithfulness, God's love that endures forever might be known and understood and experienced even in the dark times, the morning times, the sad times, the sorrowful times, the times when we feel like there is no hope, no light. Let us sing into the darkness. So knowing that the world is in such a dark place, knowing the pain that is universal when we experience the sorrow that seems to overwhelm so often, Paul wrote this to the Romans. What then shall we say in response to these things? And these things are exactly what we've been talking about, that creation is moaning, it is groaning, it is in pain and in turmoil, and the darkness feels overwhelming. What shall we say in response to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who then shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And with that love, who shall separate us from the protection of Christ and the providence of Christ and the presence of Christ? No one. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for seeing us in our darkest places and coming to our aid. Not just a pat on the back, but you lifted us out and you brought us into your glorious light. Thank you. Thank you. In your name we pray these things. Amen. Thanks, friends, for being here today. If you would like, we're going to gather just outside together as just one body. For those of you who can stick around, and we're just going to pray for a few minutes. In about 10 minutes, we'll be doing that. God bless you all. Thanks for joining us today.